Hi, it's Steve Albrecht, and welcome to the Library Service Safety and Security Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Library 2.0 and produced by the founder of Library 2.0, Steve Hargadon. You can always get more information about Library 2.0 at library20.com. We've got a great new website for my book, thesafelibrary.com. That's www.thesafelibrary.com. Got some great uh, free stuff there, including a handout, uh, which could be useful for your staff, talking about safety, security, and service, and also a a nice um, video that we've done about the book that explains everything in a lot of detail. So take a look there. My topic for this half hour is something that has maybe never happened in your library or has happened frequently enough to be crazy making, or it's something that you're concerned about as you look at the landscape in terms of power blackouts and brownouts and water issues and flooding and things related to weather and issues that may come to your facility, which is a power loss. And we'll talk about power blackouts and what to do about power loss at the library in this episode today. So living in California, as I did for so many years, we had a lot of power blackouts at my home because of wind. And we had Santa Ana winds in San Diego, which would knock down the power lines. We also had fires uh, on a pretty regular basis, wildfires, and we evacuated from our home in the East County Mountains of San Diego about four times because of the fires, and each time we lost power. Uh, One time we were out of power after a fire for, I think, something like 11 days. So I had to go into San Diego proper and rent a generator, which I filled with gasoline every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning and every night at 5 p.m. And imagine how stressful that was, having um, already lived through a bunch of fire issues, pouring gasoline into a roasting hot generator every 12 hours. I did that for 11 straight days. Uh, You may have had power blackouts in your home, and it's kind of stressful. Uh, You have to break out the candles and the flashlights and hope that your phone is charged enough. If you have other folks in the house, kids and spouse, partner, uh, family members, relatives, it can be stressful for them as well, including your pets. Uh, There's a sense sometimes in a power blackout that you say, well, is this a short time thing, five, ten minutes, half an hour, or is this a day by day by day thing because there's some kind of substantial issue that's happened in our community. A transformer's blown up, something's happened to the uh, software system or some natural disaster or man-made disaster has created this. When we look at power blackouts in um, the organizations, some facilities, maybe a factory or some kind of larger uh, entity like a police station or a fire station or a city hall, will have the luxury of a backup generator operated by diesel fuel, uh, tested regularly by the facilities and maintenance people, uh, tested regularly by the fire marshals to make sure it works okay, filled with enough diesel to operate for 24 hours or even uh, five, six days in a row. Uh, that's the ultimate, and that's what we expect when we pay our taxes to uh, entities in the city and county to keep themselves operational in the event of a significant power blackout. When you think about a power blackout at the library, there is a good chance that you do not have, unless your building is is part of a, a plaza or is connected to a campus type of environment where you've got other uh, city or county buildings to operate, uh, the chances of you having a backup generator are pretty slim. I, I, I do site security surveys for libraries a lot, and I would say that I've seen them probably on an irregular basis about one out of 10 libraries that I go to do I see a generator system. 
And query the issue as to why libraries don't have a power generator backup system is the cost. It's expensive. It's a substantial footprint in the back of the building. It requires diesel tanks. It requires maintenance and testing. It's not something the average uh, maintenance person, janitorial person knows how to operate. Uh, it requires uh, high voltage uh, electrician specialty people and folks that have, have worked around that type of backup generator power system, especially in emergency situations and in, in, in awful weather and things like that, know how to do that stuff. So in a perfect world, those things click on and will provide power to your facility at perhaps a reduced level, but enough to uh, perhaps keep the doors open if you have to use your facility as a shelter in uh, weather situations, things like that, um, or at least enough to keep the power on to be able to operate uh, the facility in kind of a skeleton crew kind of a way, which means that you could uh, operate the burglar alarm, fire alarm systems, that you could keep electricity into certain parts of the building. So let's look at a power blackout from kind of an overall perspective and say, you know, usually these situations do not have the benefit of advanced warning. Now, uh, when I came from in California and San Diego, uh, they would have brownouts, which would be advertised. Uh, the power grid people would come on to social media and then to the news and say, because of really uh, serious increased demands during, a, you know, significant hot weather or really, really cold weather, it, it did get cold in San Diego occasionally, uh, they would say, we're going to have a power um, um, brownout because there's just too much demand. And so people would know that they're going to lose power from some span of time to some span of time. Uh, my parents are still in San Diego, and this happens to them on an occasional basis, especially during the summer when it's really, really hot. But most of the time, you have no knowledge of the power blackout, and it just comes a a across as an event that surprises everybody. Uh, if it takes place during business hours when the sun is up, it's much more easy, certainly, to operate and get people out of the building and, and close down the library and check on all the staff and patrons, make sure nobody's in a, you know, a hiding spot or, or trapped somewhere. Uh, but if it happens in the evening hours at the library, say 7 o'clock at night when the sun is down, then it's substantially more difficult, uh, even more dangerous to move people. We have slip and fall issues. We have staircase issues, stairwells. We have no exterior lighting sometimes. Uh, we have uh, elevators that can get stuck, things like that. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, the possibilities here. The other part of the power blackout uh, is it's just a tremendous uh, um, hassle when you think of all the things that when they reboot back up, burglar alarm systems, fire alarm systems, your Wi-Fi, your network systems, your emergency lighting perhaps, things like that. When they boot back up, it's a tremendous strain on the electrical system. So you can have lots of problems with surging and, and things related to damage to the overall electrical system when things go from fully on to fully off and then fully back on again. Uh, I would think that even in daytime hours, uh, it can be scary for uh, uh, little kids and for maybe the elderly, people that suddenly find themselves you know, plunged into darkness even during the daylight. If you have this type of library where you've got a lot of natural light and the design of it is you know, vaulted ceilings and archways and things where there's a lot of open light, it's much more easier to function. But we still have to think about how do we evacuate people safely and successfully? How do we get people out of the library um, in, in using maybe small groups that are, that are walked by staff? Staff has access to emergency flashlights where they can use their phones as flashlights. Sometimes they're pretty powerful for the iPhone. But it's really um, kind of a fear issue for people that aren't anticipating that type of thing, especially happening, you know, in the evening time. We want to get them out of the, out of the facility. So I worry is from kind of a technological standpoint about all the 
rebooting of the of various systems that are in your facility. And, you know, if we had um, a notice as to when the power would go back on, we could come and maybe shut off some of the primary breakers, uh, the breaker uh, panels where we have significant chunks of the building are being operated by very large breakers, but that's not something that most people, including me, know how to do. Uh, I know how to do it in the panel in my house, but not in a, in a, a large uh, building or a multi-story building or a building with a basement or a building with a huge electrical panel. If you have access to maintenance personnel, if you have access to public works personnel, uh, if you have access uh, to people that are skilled and trained in certain electricians, journeyman electrician skills, then they may be able to give you advice uh, prior to a blackout and, and talking to them and saying, take a look at our panel. Can you give us some advice about what things we might need to throw in terms of a breaker and then turn it back on again, if anything, if that's even possible or necessary? There may be some smaller breaker panels that are in your rooms um, that can you can use to shut down certain things and then power those back on when it's safe to do so. But again, uh, I'm not uh, suggesting that you take a flashlight down into the basement and figure out what these uh, switches are all about, but you may have some uh, people in your uh, orbit uh, in the library who are public works, maintenance, uh, facilities people that are quite skilled and knowledgeable about these things may be able to provide you some information about what goes on and what comes back, uh, turns off, and then what comes back on in what order, things like that. So these master panels for these electrical systems are quite quite uh, significant. I think about the things that operate our, our chillers and our air conditioning systems. The electrical panels for those are enormous. And again, we could be talking about high voltage systems, which take a very specific type of electrician, very specific type of training to operate. So uh, when in doubt, get help from qualified, skilled, licensed people that know how to do that stuff. Don't look it up on YouTube and try to figure out what to do. So I always turn to my facilities directors, my facility managers, uh, the four persons that work in those functions and may have really good knowledge about your building because they helped build it or they were there when it was being built, people in public works who are uh, specialists in, in uh, certain types of electricians, uh, master electricians and high voltage electricians, things like that. Uh, fire marshal, uh, maybe somebody that you could get some advice from to say, could you look at our building and our panel and talk about maybe perhaps labeling some of the panels that we could operate if we had to as a library staff or library uh, facilities people that we make sure we're doing it safely. The other challenge with power blackouts, daytime or nighttime, is this is when we discover we don't have enough flashlights. Uh, I think about this in my own house. I probably have three really nice, um, expensive flashlights that are, there's one in our garage and breezeway room so we can help the cats find their way around in the dark. Uh, there's one inside the house and, and, and another one inside another part of the house. So we have at least, at least three really good flashlights that are charged up all the time and stay in their chargers and can be used in these situations. Oftentimes what I've seen in doing site security surveys of the library, we will find flashlights, but they don't work. The batteries haven't worked since the you know Reagan administration. Nobody's bothered to change them. They're sitting in a charger perhaps over a, a telephone or by some uh, evacuation map in some hallway, and then they don't work. Um, the other thing I have found besides the flashlights don't always work is that the emergency lighting system uh, has not been tested and doesn't work either. There may be pockets where it's, it's the batteries have not, not um, um, 
worked correctly, and there may be areas where you just need to ha do a test of the emergency lights and say, what is it that we're, we're um, needing to have on and operational? So make sure that when, in fact, our emergency lights come on, they all do at all levels, different st stairways, exits, things like that in the library. The other part, which I don't always know the answer to, is that if you have escalators in your library, that means a power blackout usually means they stop functioning. Um, if you have elevators in your library, there's a couple things that happen. I'm no expert on, on elevators, but I've been told a couple things happen. Sometimes, depending on the age and the type of elevator, it may freeze between floors with no power. Uh, there may be a small backup power generator, uh, uh, backup battery system for the elevator, which will take it to either the bottom floor or the, or the, um, which is most likely, or a floor where it can be opened, um, where it's not stuck between floors, it's not stuck stuck at the very top or the the very bottom. It can still be operational, and there may be a lighting system inside there, and the phone system will still work for people that are in the elevator as well. So, if these concerns. Uh, if your building has these concerns, elevators and escalators, get some information, call the vendors, call the maintenance and repair people for those specific devices and say, hey, let me run a worst case scenario by you. Tell me what we need to do with our elevators or escalators in the event of a power blackout. This is really also about um, teaching staff not to be fearful in the dark, and it can be a little bit chaotic, especially when people, um, and patrons, and maybe even staff members want to bolt for the exit in, in their desire to get outside or to be out of the building if they, they are fearful inside the building because there's no, no lights anywhere. Uh, we certainly have issues about carpeting and, and hardwood floors and tile floors and staircases and lots of slip and fall opportunities, lots of opportunities for people to fall down substantial distances, staircases, escalators, things like that. So when you think of this, your facility, what's the, the flooring look like? Is it, is it change from carpet to tile to carpet to tile to hardwood to other kinds of surfaces in a very short period? Is it possible that your uh, staircases don't have very good lighting in general, and and with no power, they have no lighting at all. So we want to make sure that we keep doors closed, um, that are stairway doors and things, and locked if we can. Uh, certainly not in a fire situation, but so that people don't open them and fall down the stairs. So staff may need to be positioned in front of staircases and stairways, uh, up or down, to make sure people don't injure themselves when they are leaving. And as we know that you know under stress, people tend to trample on each other. People tend to trample on. On, on the folks trying to get out, and there's a sense of panic sometimes which can come in and, and cause significant issues about as people evacuate. We want to make sure that staff is in position to have lights and flashlights and, and even at a bare minimum their own phones um, and ask people to use their phones to light up the, the way. If you've been to a Taylor Swift concert, uh, you can know how much uh, power we can get from lots of cell phones all lit up at once, and so that may be an alternative which could be useful as well. So the evacuation discussion may be one way to do it as part of a drill. And you know that based on my experience in the world, especially around crises and emergencies, I'm always suggesting drills. 
that we do a power blackout drill once a year to say, okay, we've armed staff uh, before the library opens, we've armed staff with flashlights, and we have them in strategic locations at entrances and staircases and things like that, escalators, so we make sure that folks know where to position themselves in the event of a power blackout, and they, they grab the nearest working, charged up, ready to go flashlight, and they get into position to be able to escort or prevent um, patrons from going in places where they could uh, injure themselves. Related to a lot of that, if we go back to my, sec my security hat for a second, is I have um, uh, significant concerns sometimes about the locking systems for doors. I've seen all kinds of goofy things that happen. In some uh, power um, uh, blackout situations, if you have electronic doors, they will open. And all of them in the whole building, and I've seen that, and it's kind of kind of weird. They, you know, every exit door that's managed by an electronic lock will open up so that people can evacuate through that way. Um, that's maybe okay in terms of a, a rapid evacuation, but it's hard to know who's going where and who's coming in or, or leaving and whether people are going out of, of places that you, you can't pay attention to because you don't have enough staff. So when I look at pre-programmed, uh, locking uh, and unlocking electronic doors that are on some kind of system. Uh, I, I used to work in a building where at like 6 p.m. the doors would automatically lock. And so if you were out outside and had to go back in, you were stuck until the next day because you didn't have, you know, the master key to get back inside. If you're inside the building and there's a power blackout, sometimes these locks would just unlock. And this is not great. And I have seen this happen in library security situations where the power goes off at 2 o'clock in the morning and the building unlocks. And so suddenly it, it takes a while for it to reboot and relock the system. All the, all the doors in the, in the library are unlocked at, at 2 in the morning. So find out from your door vendors, find out from your maintenance and your public works or, or facilities people what the deal is if we have door locks which are electronically operated versus ones that we use a, 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 some kind of key system. So in the building that I'm in, we have a fob system, a way that you just wave the proximity fob in front of the, the door and it opens. Well, in, in no power, those things don't work. And so this means that you need to think about who in your facility you've entrusted the keys to, library uh, supervisors, managers, uh, um, department directors, directors, things like that, that we have keys to be able to lock the facility doors once everybody is outside, once we know we're not going back inside the facility and it's been cleared, or we have ways to unlock the facility uh, so that we can get back in if we have to, even when the power is out, to be able to um, um, check on things or to uh, look at some of the electrical panels or things like that. So you want to be able to get back in the facility. So I have seen situations happen when you have um, locking doors that you get yourself trapped outside unless somebody has a master key that that could be someone who's on vacation or, or you know 20 miles away from from the building so make sure that we know that the hard keys exist and who has those and and who can operate those things in darkness to get back inside the facility or lock the facility as necessary kind of similar to that uh, we have seen uh, in some door uh, issues where you have an emergency alarm over the door, which is like a breaker bar or a, a paddock butt bar, which people push on and it sets off an alarm. And that's done to notify staff that people are, are leaving through an unauthorized area. Those things will either arm themselves and go off or, or stop working altogether. So I have a lot of qualms and concerns about um, the electronic systems that we use to lock the building or unlock the building. 
Um, I've seen um, situations where staff comes into a building which is automatically unlocked, not necessarily at libraries, but I've seen this at city halls, uh, that the building un unlocks uh, automatically at 7 o'clock in the morning, and, and you know, that's great. So you don't have to use your key, but sometimes, you know, people come in and find uh, trespassers and other folks in their building before they get there because they realize the place opens at 7, but the staff doesn't come in until 7.30. So just like the electrical panels, just like the elevators and the escalators, get some guidance and help from those door vendors and say, what's the worst case scenario in a powder blackout for these doors? Do they open? Do they close? Do they lock? Do they unlock? Do we need to use hard keys? Which hard keys are, are, are operational? Is there an emergency battery system in some of these door lock uh, scenarios that we can open the door and unlock it or not? And when you think about all these things, it's certainly easy to say this could never happen and I know what to do in this building. All I'm saying is just test those theories and make sure you're correct because under stress, we go back to how we have been trained and we haven't thought about this stuff. It can be complicated and sometimes quite stressful to figure out how do I secure this building or how do I get into this building, either way. When we have a power blackout that involves um, um, nighttime um, and people um, uh, leave their stuff inside the library and evacuate, that can be quite, quite complex because some people will leave their purses, backpacks, wallets, whatever inside the library and some will not. And then we have issues about how we secure the, the building, how do we let people back in there, it's very complicated. So. My advice for these situations is that people are out. Um, when they go out, you tell people in an announcement, whether it's um, you know, bullhorn, megahorn, megaphone, um, loud uh, um, floor warden staff um, conversations, they take all your stuff, take all your valuables with you, don't leave anything. Leave books and DVDs and things that you're working on that are, that are library materials, you know, like part of the collection, but take purses, backpacks, cell phones, wallets, Make sure people have their kids and their kids' stuff and, and things like that and that they don't, they don't leave them inside the library because there could be a substantial time between when the power goes off and when the power goes back on. So all these things are part of a, of a general discussion which you could have with your facilities maintenance, uh, even IT people, your IT supervisors, managers, directors, vendors, and you can have the same conversation with the fire marshal to say, worst case scenario, what are we doing here with a power blackout? Um, in, in power blackouts where there is um, uh, significant weather outside, wind and rains typically, we want to make sure people are safe if they're waiting outside or staging outside, uh, that they're staging in safe locations, not, not standing out by the flagpole where they can get struck by lightning, but staging in safe locations near the building where it's safe to do so and, and sheltering in place uh, in the safest way possible outside the building. If it's nighttime and people have access to to get to their cars to leave uh, don't forget that the emergency lights may not come on for the parking lot lights and it could be pitch black uh, in the parking lot especially if you have those of you that have parking garages next to your building there could be no lights in there as well and it can be very difficult and even dangerous for people to navigate stairs and stairwells to get to the a parking structure next to the library to get into their cars to drive away so all these things need to be carefully considered you know, the issue about a liability for us is does our liability to our patrons end as soon as they walk out of the door? And the plaintiff's attorneys would say, well, you have a duty of care for them until they're, you know, safely in their cars. I'm not a lawyer, but you know how that stuff goes. So I think about the possibilities of, of darkness all the way around the building in parking garage, parking lots, which is, again, why we would really benefit from 
backup power systems if they're affordable and and emergency lights that work on a short time basis parking lots things like that hallways stairways outside the building exterior uh, emergency lights that can help people get to safety so uh, i've given you a lot to think about in these situations a lot to consider it's not a you issue it's an us issue can you get some advice from it facilities um, um, public works can you get some advice from your um, um, fire marshal is there a, a noted uh, electrician uh, in your uh, area that you can talk to that's that's connected to your facilities and knows your facilities can you speak to your elevator and escalator vendors can you speak to your door control vendors and say hey let me run this some scenarios by you and tell me what we're going to do in these things so you feel better about the entire situation so power blackout at the library not fun need to be prepared for it so my thanks to the producer of the library service safety and security podcast steve hargadon for more information visit library20.com uh, until next time i'm steve albrecht and thanks for listening to the library service safety and security podcast <laughs>